name is Mystic Michaela, spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela. Today, we are diving in deep to the shadow self and shadow work. So when you hear words like insecurity, uh, vulnerability, shame, fear, guilt, what does that make you feel? Makes you feel a little icky, a little uneasy, right? Well, there you go. You just met your shadow self. It's not the easiest thing to talk about, but we're going to do my take on it today. Here's some of your stories. But first, hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Yeah. And, you know, I've, you've been talking about, about the, the shadow self this week and you know, I'm struggling to to figure it all out. I'm trying to learn um, from you about it. You know, my head's still stuck on last week's episode with the Devon box. I can't. Yeah. I'm still trying to unravel that mystery. The ghosts. Yeah. See if I could, uh, you know, kind of debunk it a little bit. But I really haven't been able to. So now we're doing this shadow thing, and it's and I'm struggling to kind of figure out what it's all about. And hopefully by the end of the episode, you know, you'll help me and probably a lot of the listeners figure what it's all about yeah the the hardest part about the shadow self isn't really understanding it it's more kind of like going into your own because there's so many fortresses that your ego because your ego likes you to keep the same it doesn't want you to change or grow and that's what you're going to do when you dive into your shadow self it has so many walls and barriers to it in yourself because basically and i'm going to talk about this in you know my speech later on Basically, it's the parts of yourself you you reject. That's what it is. So growing up, you know, immediately maybe you were told, oh, you know, if you don't share, you're not a nice person. And now when somebody asks for something from you and you don't want to share, you immediately brush off any sort of feelings that you actually have about maybe not wanting to or whatever. It's hard for you to kind of connect or dive with parts of yourself that are ones that you felt you had to reject or not pay attention to, but they still exist, like, and they still rule you. So, okay, so let me get a, yeah. just go back back to that example you yeah. gave. So, okay, so let's say I'm, like, three years old. Yeah. You know, or four years old, whatever. You know, I'm in my play group. I have my favorite toy. Yes. And I don't really want to share that. Yeah. You know, that the natural instinct is, I want that. And that's you normal. Know? Right. But then, let's say mom and dad come along or whatever, the teacher comes along, mm-hmm. and then they take that toy and they say, oh, no, you got to share that with Maddie. Right. Uh, this really happened to me. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so what you're saying is then it's, that's kind of where this develops? Exactly. Like in and, and, and various degrees, obviously, and, and it's such an individualized process depending on how you were nurtured or parented or how society affected you or your own traumas and whatnot. That's why all of this is really best done in therapy and a lot of times. Um, obviously with your own help, but yeah, in that moment as you know, kids are really good at like bad versus good and society, the ego 3d society is really good at making two categories, bad person, good person. And there's no such thing. Like when you're four and you don't want to share your toy, that just means you don't want to share your toy. That's not a good thought. That's not a bad thought. It's just a thought. And that thought will never go away. It's never going anywhere. It's just that now when you're 40, whatever, and somebody's like, hey, I want to share your money. Hey, can I borrow your money? And all of a sudden, you know, you're like, no. And then there's a part of you that feels guilty or bad or whatever. And maybe there's then you do it anyway. So you avoid those feelings because back when you were four, you were told, you know, if you don't share, you're a bad person. Okay. Now, what if the opposite happens? So let's say, you know, we go back to four, my playgroup, I have my toy, Maddie wants my toy, and then nobody tells me I have to give it to him. And I I never share as a kid. 
So yeah. I'm, I'm, like anytime someone wanted someone, no one ever forced it. So I just kept the toy, played with it. So I never learned like learned another way. Does that happen? Yeah, absolutely. Know. And and I think like it's funny because in readings I will get two types of people sometimes. Um, and usually these are the people we talk about. Like so I'll be doing a reading with a client and they'll show me like I don't know their husband or something for example. And either sometimes they were really give never told no, and then they have a hard time hearing no. So that actually becomes the trigger. Okay. So that's the shadow self. So either way, you're going to get something. It, it's it's just human nature. You have parts of yourself you're going to push away. It's just how you were taught to access them or how you were taught to integrate them into your life is the distinguishing factors. Because we all have those parts of ourselves that we don't like to admit to, that aren't great to talk about, that aren't the prettiest parts of who we are. But the integration and the reality check of them and the self-awareness is the whole person purpose of shadow work okay that makes sense yeah because yeah, if you're yeah. told if you're told uh yes to everything then your shadow self hearing the word no becomes the trigger right so what basically you're saying is if okay so for every person's gonna these triggers are gonna be different the shadow yeah. self's gonna be different everything is different kind of like an aura everyone has like a different you know yeah. like you say auras like snowflakes mm-hmm. everyone has a different like shadow self is what totally. you're saying it's okay. to- it's very unique to you and it's very guarded by you so it's a very uh and and that's why i always tell you know when we're sharing these things you know you have to be in a safe place to share these things with other people with people that you trust with people you know who aren't going to manipulate it with professionals with like really close other people that get it because you can and i talk about this later you'll get and a lot of my listeners and this is how it works for us will get taken advantage of for our shadow selves too so people will find us because we feel guilty if we say no to something therefore we don't have boundaries therefore people that don't like boundaries will harness that tear and rip we have in our shadow selves and use it for their own benefits okay so so this is not really a negative thing because, because no. like when you say shadow self I, I the first thing in my mind i go to like negative yeah this is bad i don't want to have this yeah. i don't want this shadow thing following me around right. or in my brain or whatever <laughs> it sounds all witchy but it's real yeah witchy it does sound woo woo yeah we already did the halloween episode last <laughs> week so it's just it's it just means the parts of yourself you reject that's all and it just means the things that make you go mm, i don't like that when you hear it and the whole point of it is to go inward in yourself because everything that, you know, we all live in our own realities. We all live in our own bubble. And anything that happens to us environmentally happens to all of us basically kind of the same. It's just some of us have triggers and some of us don't. So the way to understand your shadow self is to be like, ooh, why did that bother me? Well, why did that bother and, and really go in to your own psyche and ask yourself a lot of questions. They call it the Socratic method, like from Socrates. Like, like questioning. Just keep asking questions to yourself. And when you hit a wall, that's good. That means you got to press. You got to sit there for a minute. You got to press there for a little bit. Can take a while. I will say... This is fun. You know, when you have a spiritual awakening, it's just you meet your shadow self. It's just something that kind of happens. And there's so many ways you can name that. But that's what it is. And anything that I've been working on is when I get a download or I meet part of my shadow self, that's when I move ahead in life. So, like, lately, just this past few weeks, the part I met in myself was, oh, my God, I'm only motivated from fear. That's like a that was and and that sounds simple, but it was something that I kind of went into myself and I was talking to you about it, Scott, because I was like, oh my god, wait a second, I only do anything when I'm scared, I'm going to lose something or whatever. And that's yeah, and I think and I think most people 
do that. Yeah, I want to do a whole episode on that. But okay. like I, and most people do do that because it's a condition in our just the hardwiring of our brains. But like, I was like, oh, wait a second. What if I got motivated just by good stuff? So I've been working on that. But that little shadow self thing, like, because that wasn't like a great thing for me to know about myself. I was like, oh my God, that's awful that I do that. And then I was like, oh, wait a second. Let me use that. Let me try to work with it. And that's the whole point. All right. Well, I think the best way to go about this is we take a little break. Yeah. Um, I got some dad grass I'm going to use in a okay. second. Okay. Uh, and then when we come back, we're going to actually delve into this brain, my brain. Your brain. Which is, there's a lot of cobwebs and everything going on in there, shadows yeah. and everything's in there. We're going to so get real authentic. We'll get real authentic. I'm willing to do this. With something that's going on in our lives right now. Yeah. And we're going to see if we can find your shadow self in there. Yeah. I'm a little nervous about this. Okay. I don't know what we're going to find. Me neither. It could be really scary. I don't know. Let's get out the dad grass. Okay. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, Scott. Hey, guys. Who doesn't love a trip down memory lane? I love memory lane, especially with my dad grass. Dad grass takes you back to a time when music was on vinyl, hangouts meant actually hanging out, and we didn't send you to the freaking moon. I used to go to fish concerts. My cousin is in the band. Good time remembering with my dad grass. It's time to revive the pleasure of the casual smoke. Whatever you do. Take care of your shoes. Dad grass is legal, organic, smokable hemp that relaxes your body and mellows your mind. Their 100% organic pre-rolled joints are very low in THC and high in CBD, so you can enjoy the effects of CBD while keeping a clear head. Chill out without getting stoned. It's like having a glass of wine, not the whole bottle. All Dadgrass products are federally legal for ages 21 and over and ships right to your door anywhere in the U.S. Whether you're looking for a new buzz or a chill way to enjoy an old favorite, Dadgrass will leave you in a euphoric mood. So right now, Dadgrass is offering our listeners 20% off your first order when you go to dadgrass.com slash K-Y-A. Go to dadgrass.com slash K-Y-A for 20% off your first order. That's dadgrass.com slash K-Y-A. And yes, Scott's cousin is in the band Fish. True story, everybody. I visited my parents over the summer and they had no towels. Yeah, okay. Wait, I'm going to go off on a tangent here. Okay, do okay, it. Before do we it. even get into the ad. Do it. Yes, this is true. I went, I took a shower. I was listening to KYA up there. I got out of the shower, you know, went to dry off and everything. And literally all there was was a, like a little face towel. He's not joking. I'm not joking. It's I a had washcloth. a clean, you know, dry off with only that. Visualize it, people. Visualize it. I had to run <laughs> very quickly across the hallway to the next room without anyone seeing me with my little towel cloth. <laughs> just visualize and all of that. Just visualize that. Okay. So listen, what's the best gift for them? It's towels. That's what they're getting this Christmas. And it's the gift of comfort and they're beautiful. And listen, whether that gift is a hug and blanket form or the weighted blanket, by the way, by Brooklyn, it is insane or a whole spa day wrapped around your body. Ooh, those robes. 
Brooklinen has got options for everyone on your list. And if you're looking for more ways to stay cozy, check out Brooklinen's candles, eye masks, and accessories. There are gifts for everyone at every budget. My parents are getting towels. You can go big with the super plush towels and the luxe bedding bundle for a family or a puzzle for your best friend's neighbor when they host that holiday party that you're forced to go to. There's nothing worse than that, but there's literally something for everyone. Brooklinen's goal is to create beautiful, high-quality home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg. It's the perfect place to find the best gift and their customer service. Clearly, they get their eight hours every night because they're a dream to work with if you ever have an issue. So check out the gift guide to find the perfect present at every price point. Go to brooklinen.com and use promo code KYA to get $20 off with a minimum purchase of $100. Code KYA, you get $20 off with a minimum purchase of 100 Hey, Scotty. Hey, guys. Okay, so we're going to talk about a story that's going on right now, and it's actually been very triggering for you, Scotty, this week. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I work with a lot of vendors, and I'm not going to use any names or anyone here, you know, just uh, just on that. And with one of the one of the vendors... A vendor in what capacity? Because people are going to be like, what? In... In a work in the work capacity. Okay. And, yeah, I don't really want to. We don't want to go too, into like too involved. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Anyway, and, and that part really doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. So one of the vendors had an employee. <laughs> right. And this employee was basically fudging their time card. They're fudging the time card. So they said they were in and they weren't. Right. They were okay. basically saying they were they were working a shift and that they were not putting in the time. They were just filling in the clock. And the shift happened to be very late at night. It was it was you know like. Two to three in the morning, like two to four in the morning. Two, that was the hours, two to four in yeah, the morning. Yeah, it was kind of even like make your own hours. So it could be like two to four. You could do it three to five. So it was like two hours in the middle of the night at some point. Yeah. Okay. Like three days a week. Okay. Okay. And, you know, at, at first they, they, they were doing it. It was fine and fine, fine. And, and then eventually, you know, we kind of caught on that they just weren't doing those hours so, and they yeah. were just clocking in. Because of like the honor code. And then they were like, hey, wait a second, nobody's paying attention. And so they just stopped going, right. but saying they were. Right. And okay. I, at this time, I don't know this person. Okay? Right. They're just a, rant, you know, I have like a lot of these vendors. There's a yeah. lot of people don't even know who the person is. Right. But I was presented with having to make a decision if I wanted this person fired to lose their position. Right. So on okay. paper, that's kind of like, oh, fire them. Yeah. You know, my first thought, of course, is I'm red. Oh, man, they're, they're stealing. You know, they're, they're stealing. That's this stealing is money. Yeah. I'm not even going to think about this. But then, you know, my kind of, I guess my blue kicks in here and I'm like, well, you know, I got to see what's going on here. Okay. I, I, can't, I can't just make that decision right. within a few seconds. This is, you know, this is a person, this is a human being. Right. So I said, all right, you know, I'm going to go talk to this person. So made a, a point, met this person for a coffee mm-hmm. and I talked to them. Okay. Okay. So, you know, I found out about their life. Um, the person was a single, single mom. Well, she is still alive. She's a, she's <laughs> she's a, a single, single mom. mom. How old her kid? Um, she has a eight year old kid. Okay. Um, a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the girls had some health issues. Okay. In the time period that she was fudging the numbers. Right. There was a huge health crisis going on for this girl. Okay. Uh, very scary, very scary. You know, you, no one would want to go through that. So I'm sitting there and I'm listening to, to her speak and, you know, she, she seems like a very nice person. Right. She's down to earth. You know, I'm she, trying to put myself, I'm trying to She be, owned it. She, oh yeah, she owned it. She apologized a hundred times. Yeah. There's no excuse for my behavior. This, you know, this is not me. I never do this. Um, right. I, I, you know, I just have this 
problem. Well, now, I had this problem with yeah. my child those weeks. And again, the, the time is two to four in the morning. So basically, think about this. She has to work a, a day shift. Yeah. This is when I start getting like all blue and angry. And then this is where I'm getting triggered. So, yeah. she, you know, she's working a day shift. She's working all day. Yeah. Go, has to go home. She's got, remember, she's a single mom. And then got to come out, let's say, at 2 o'clock in the You know, it's a 20-minute ride. You got to come out 2 o'clock in the morning to 4 in the morning. Then you got a 20-minute ride back. And then she's got to be back at the shift. Yeah. Again, at like 7 a.m. So or whatever. So she has to leave her kid alone. Yeah. Or what are you going to yeah. do with the kid? You know, the kid's only 8. Right. You know, I wouldn't leave. I mean, I'd be terrified to leave, you know, Brie or Abby alone. I, right. I'd be like, this can't happen. I'll do whatever it takes. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So, but she said like sometimes her parents will help out or she'll get someone to help out. Right. Sometimes she's got to wake the kid up. Ugh. I mean. I'm like, got going but, blue city. Is there city anybody here. else that can do those hours? Right. So then, you know, so I'm going blue city here. Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm almost like bawling. And then I'm, you know, then of course I want to think of solutions. Yeah. So actually, I, I started, and again, I, I'm probably wrong here. I don't know. And again, it's probably my shadow self coming out here. I'm actually saying, you know, you, I'm, and look, I know she did wrong. Theft is no good at any point. I don't condone that in any way. Right. But I'm actually saying to myself, wait a second. Why did we? Why did the employer? Or why did we ever put this person in this position? Right. That they have to do this. Now I know that people have to do hard things, and uh, that people have hard jobs. Yeah. And things, and you know, I was fortunate enough that I never had to do that. I know you had a little bit of a different background than I yeah, did. But, yeah. Um, and you know, so to even say I can put myself in those shoes, you can't. I can't. No. I can't. You know, maybe <laughs> I, don't even, I can't even get up at two o'clock in the morning, let alone. Imagine doing a two to four right. shift with my kid at home. So this triggered me, I guess. I, I was it, And what's so interesting upset. was, and, and I think this is, and, and now we, is she getting fired or not? I, I don't know. I, 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 it's not entirely up to you. At the end of the day, my, I'm just talking for myself here. Yeah. I do not want her to get fired. Okay. I would rather give this, I would love for this person to get a second chance. Yeah. It's not, I cannot say, but it's not totally up to me. Now, and this is like, why I think it's a good, this is a good context to discuss the shadow self. Because okay. when something like this happens, right. our tendency is to talk about like, you know, you go into it already. You're like the injustice of the workforce and how did this person get to this life situation where they got to work at shifts in the middle of the night, which a lot of people do, by the way. Y- yes, I, and I, I grew I up in a family where that was normal to me and being left alone was not a big deal. And and to me, that's not a triggering thing. Like here, that's just from my life. It it it, it isn't. Okay. You know. So, but I but for you, it yeah, is. Yeah. So go into my head here. What is going yeah, on? Yeah. So I try to tell you, like right now, like why take out the outside part? Why do you get so emotional when you talk about this? I mean, I guess. Like what's inside okay, so, of I mean, you? I'm gonna have to just kind of do this on the fly here. Yeah. Like what's inside of you? I guess I and I don't. You know, it's hard for me to picture things. Yeah. But I, the first thing I go is to that kid. And, uh, you know, but how does that kid relate to you? I, I don't know. Because, because the I mean, shadow self it's, and, and that's, my, we can my, talk about, there's two ways you can talk about this. Okay. You can talk about it from how an, how an outside situation, what's going on and the right and wrong and the injustice and the things. And the, and then why do you care? You know what I mean? And, and why, why do you care? What's the bridge connecting that situation to you. That is shadow self work. Right. Like that walk in that bridge over to yourself 
and like who's the inner child in you that's being triggered? What's the situation? Like, all right, so you're you, gonna have to. I mean, I guess we have to use like a Socratic method here. I, yeah, I, get this out of me. I well, don't know. I, mean, I, I don't know the answer. So that's what like you do in therapy. Usually yeah. in therapy, they yeah. kind of like walk you back into yourself. You know, sometimes in a reading, spirit will show me real quick your own pattern for you, and if it resonates, you know, obviously I don't get that information. Spirit gets that information. If yeah. it resonates, it helps you, and it's kind of like a like a shortcut to it, but when you're working on it in yourself, like anything outside, like this whole situation has really triggered you this week. And it's like, but, and, and it's, and I hear it too. And it is upsetting. I feel bad for this woman and everything. I'm not as triggered as much as you are, but okay. I can also look into my own childhood and stuff and be like, yeah, that's not, that, that's not like a foreign concept to me that parents have to work and you're left alone. That it, is it, not, hold on. For you. Yeah. yeah for, and that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying like, we all live in our own individual realities so things that trigger us are actually about something unhealed in us. So that's triggering you. There's something unhealed in you. And it's okay that something bothers you. Like, I don't think she should get fired either. Like, she just needs a second chance, the poor woman. Like, but I'm not upset about Like, you're very upset. Now, I get upset about other things okay, that so, you don't get upset about. So what could it be that's making me upset about that? <laughs> I know. That, that's shadow work. Oh. <laughs> you're supposed to, like, journal and stuff, Scott. So I have to, I mean... <laughs> All right, so let me ask you this. Okay, yeah. so obviously this this takes a lot of time to do. It's, yeah, it cannot be done no. here in the next few minutes on the podcast. You have a shortcut sometimes with the spirit connection and, and your readings. Well, could I you, have my own ideas about you. But... Could you help me out with this? Oh, one? Or, okay. Right, so help me out with it's this just because I'm married to you. But like, okay. if I this happens in in readings a lot, where I'll just see somebody and be like, right. "Listen, this is what I think about. This okay. is what I get. This is what I'm seeing." All right, give it to me straight. So with you, I feel like you were unheard a lot as a child. That's how you felt. Okay. And I feel like you have uh, a real issue with feeling isolated in your own thoughts and not being validated in your own thoughts growing up. I feel like you always had a Scotty thought and it was kind of shot down as, nope, that's not real or that's not how things work or whatever. Okay. And so I feel like when you see bigger, big brother, conceptual forces, the machine, the mechanism, society, how it works, I feel like you are brought back to little inner child Scotty who felt very isolated and wait, aren't you all seeing that this isn't fair? Aren't you all seeing that this is screwed up? Aren't you all seeing that this isn't equal or whatever? And, and you, nobody ever validated that for you. They were just like, no, what are you talking about? You're crazy. This is how things work. So I think with you in life, and that's why you got into history and that's why you're always for the little guy. And that's why you love underdog stuff is because from a very young age, you were not validated in your time, in your little Scotty thoughts, and you felt very unheard and unlistened to and disconnected. You got a hundred percent. You got it. I'm, I'm in tears here. Oh, honey, you got it. Oh. I can't even. I, you got it, honey. I mean, I can't fake this, people. Oh. You know, you got it. I oh, never Scotty. knew that. That's it. I mean, that that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, honey. I should. I should. Yeah. Oh, sweetie. I mean, that makes sense to me. It's okay. That makes sense. All right. Okay. So there it is. Yeah. All right, so that's why it bothers you when you see people not like the forces of the world yeah. feel I'm always, unfair. Yeah, I'm, I'm always for the underdog. I'm always for the underdog. because I felt like just growing up, you just know. But everyone was like, "What are you talking about? That's crazy." Yeah, like you know, you're the type of kid you saw the homeless person, and like you were like, "What is happening? Why, why aren't any? Why is anybody helping?" And they were yeah. like, "This is just not what you do. Moving on. That's not weird. That's just life." Yeah. Instead of being like, "No, you're right. That sucks. It's awful." Yeah. 
I, mean, I don't think you got that emotional validation that there's separateness. Yeah, no, you're right. Between all the classes and people and you whatnot. Know, because the, the theft, although it was bad, and it didn't, it doesn't bother me. Like, I mean, you know, she did. What, I mean, she should never do that. I don't think anyone should do that. Of course, but, but it doesn't bother. It doesn't trigger me. Like yeah. that didn't trigger me. Yeah. What triggered me was that she had to do that shift. Yeah. That really pissed me off. Because, but, and that is because I feel like with you, you see inequity and you felt that a lot as a co- kid and it wasn't validated. Your own viewpoint of inequities. Uh, you, you just blew my mind again. Oh, honey. <laughs> so, oh. I can't, I, people, I, I really can't make this up. I wish I could, but we've I, been trying to figure I, I'm not that good of an actor. <laughs> oh, so, okay. All right, let's take a break. All right, let's do a couple of ads. A couple of ads and let's we'll talk about shadow work. Perfect. Scott's going to take a little break, but I'll take this time and talk about some Stitch Fix. Here is the deal. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of going to the store and where like not everything fits me or it's not all my style. I mean, could you imagine walking into a store that's all about you? Well, you can. It's Stitch Fix Freestyle. Your style isn't one size fits all. It's about what suits your body and what suits the moment. So why not shop at a store that is like completely personalized to your size and style? It's truly magical what they do at Stitch Fix Freestyle. Stitch Fix Freestyle is a shop built just for you. Stitch Fix Freestyle is your trusted style destination where you can discover and instantly buy curated items based on your style, likes, and lifestyle. Whether you're looking for a brand you love or to try a new one, at Stitch Fix Freestyle, you can shop a range of over 1,000 brands personalized to your size and fit with styles for workouts to work wear, for lounging around the house, or for a night out on the town. Stitch Fix Freestyle has the clothes for any occasion. Plus, there's no subscription required, and they offer free shipping, returns, and exchanges. So get started today by filling out your style quiz at stitchfix.com slash KYA. That's stitchfix.com slash KYA to try Stitch Fix Freestyle. That's stitchfix.com slash KYA. I wanted to mention our new sponsor, Ana Luisa. That's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A today in our podcast because I was looking for a piece of jewelry to give to my daughter. And, you know, if I look back through my life, a lot of pieces of jewelry that I have aren't just jewelry, they're memories. They're from someone who is special to me. They're from a time of my life that is worth remembering to me. And what a what a better way to give a gift than a high quality piece of jewelry for someone to remember you by. And so when I was looking for a pair of earrings for my daughter, I found them at Ana Luisa and just a pair of gold hoops and they click in their craftsmanship is really thoughtful. I mean, they, you hear them click in, they're not going to fall out. <laughs> she can wear them to sleep. She can wear them to school. She can shower in them or whatever. They will stay in. And not just that they're timeless, they're elegant. You'll see when you go visit on Ana Luisa's page, you'll see that they, all their pieces kind of vibe together. So when you start someone on a, on a collection or yourself, you'll see that you're not just giving them one piece. As you give them more and more pieces, it's something they can wear together. It's a whole look. It's a whole collection. And what a nice, versatile gift to give somebody. These pieces are elegant, yet they're affordable. You can wear them every day, but they have a kind of a luxury look to them. So I love Ana Luisa, and I absolutely love visiting their website because they update it often with lots of new looks. So I absolutely recommend checking it out. You're going to want to go to shop.com. 
Ana Luisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash know your aura. And listen to this. I love them. Their pieces start at $39 and they're currently running the biggest sale of the year. You can get 20% off if you go on to shop.analuisa, that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A dot com slash know your aura. Go check it out, get 20% off and really get that memory for yourself or someone else. Recently, I was asked by the writer Brianne Hogan to do an article or to contribute to an article um, she's writing about shadow work, and that, that should come out soon, and I'll link it when it does. But it really got me thinking because a lot of what I do on here, a lot of what we all work on with, with this podcast and what I see in my readings are does have a lot to do with shadow work or really that other side of ourselves that we don't really like to pay attention to. It's the part that we wish wasn't there. It's the part that's kind of embarrassing even to admit to. So what is shadow work? So shadow work is a term that was popularized by the Swiss psychiatrist Carl Jung. You've probably heard that name a lot. He's quoted and probably misquoted a lot all over the internet, but he came up with the whole notion of shadow work. So basically what it is is from a very young age, you were told to put parts of yourself away. Um, perhaps parts of yourself that, you know, when you're little and, and you have a shadow side, it there is no such thing. It's just you. So the little kid with the temper tantrum, for example, is told, nope, we don't do that here. Put that away. Or little things that you said so plainly growing up, you know, this is how I feel about this person, or I'm jealous, or I'm angry, or I'm sad that I didn't get the same gift they got. You were told, no, that's unacceptable. That makes you a bad person. That makes you greedy. You know, you saying that is wrong. That's inconsiderate. So where did all of those parts of you go. You used to have them as a child. You were very honest about them. There was no good or bad. It just, it was what it was. But just the way that we're all programmed, it's true. The way that we all parent and have been parented, um, the way that society treats us, it's to put some things away. You're not a good person if you have these emotions. But in all honesty, there, it's new. It's neutrality. It's a, it's there is no good or bad. It's just if you're jealous, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. If you're if you're upset, you didn't get the same as somebody else. If you're having a temper tantrum, if if you feel a certain way, it's an emotion, and it got it got prescribed somewhere along the line. It got assigned the bad stuff, and having these emotions or thoughts or feelings made you bad, and none of this went anywhere. You just put it somewhere, and that is your shadow side. Your shadow self exists alongside what everyone else sees, even what you allow yourself to see. But often it's just not acknowledged outwardly by your conscious state. Bottom line, you don't want others to see the parts of you which aren't so sweet or societally acceptable. And over time, your ego, which is the part of you that does not like you to change or evolve or grow, your ego gets real good at hiding these things away, even from yourself. From my own interpretations, shadow work is the attention that we pay to these parts of ourselves, which we may otherwise wish to ignore. 
So shadow work involves willfully embarking on the journey within to uncover all the unhealed parts of us, which our ego loves to hide. And it's important. It's very important to uncover these places for within these shadows, all our wounds are actually left to fester and healing first begins with recognizing. So when you deal with our your past, how you've handled things in the past, seeing all of our own toxic and programmed and misaligned patterns, all these things are necessary to change, to heal, and to evolve. It's not fun. It doesn't feel real good because the ego's job is to keep you the same. So it's going to step in and it's going to make you feel a few things. Okay, so remember, think about the two-year-old you or like if you know kids, how just kids are. You know, I took the toy away from him. I don't want him to have my toy. Like there's no, I'm, you know, there's no feelings at that age that you're selfish, you're not a nice person or anything. It's just, I don't want to share. That's it. You know, now, you know, because you got programmed, that little feeling was told was greedy or bad or inconsiderate or rude or whatever, but you still have that feeling. There's still two-year-old you that doesn't want somebody to take something from you and that's okay. And so what's going to happen is, is when you do shadow work, you're going to revisit those parts because they're still there. And your ego is going to give you some symptoms when you start digging in. And this is why a lot of us don't like to do shadow work. Because here are some feelings that pop up when you start to do it. It might even start during the podcast. So notice if they come in. It just means you're scratching the surface. So these are good symptoms. You might feel defensive. That's not me. I don't do that. No, I don't think so. What does she know? What does he know? What's this? No. Uh, You might feel upset. Like you just get upset. And your tummy just feels upset. Maybe you get mad, just angry, it's irrational. You don't know why. Maybe you're just annoyed with the whole thing. This is nonsense. I don't know what this is. You get tired. Sometimes I get really tired. Oh, I can't right now. I just can't do this. Overwhelmed feeling like, oh, like you just want to take a nap now. And in a real twist of the ego, you can even feel like, well, I'm happy the way I am. This is who I am and I'm happy with it. You can romanticize how you are as a person and you can come to love these shadow side parts of yourself and identify it as your true identity. That's a real problem. And that's when we're, that's like the toxic people. That's like the people who are kind of narcissistic-ish in their personalities. These are the people that are like, yeah, you say this to me, I'll say this to you. That's just how it goes. Like they're toxic. They own it in a way that's not healthy or nice, and they feel like that's okay to be that way. So they'll identify with their shadow side as their better side, actually, and beef it up to be almost, I don't know, like preferable. And that's a real twist of the ego. When, you know, actually your shadow side is a part of you and it needs to be seen and loved and heard, but not really put up on a pedestal in which you are to lead from it. Just like your non-shadow side, the parts that you've decided and deemed over time are your societally acceptable parts. Those don't go on a pedestal either. You know, like, so it's, it's the same thing as you, if you, when you see somebody who feels, you know, who acts like they're better than everybody else or holier than thou or super pious or all these things. And you get this little feeling in yourself, like, come on, that's not who they are. It's the same thing when somebody puts their little nasty, uh, traits, their shadow side traits up on a pedestal. This is who I am. You do this to me. I'll do this to you, you know, whatever. 
that's not who they are either. You know, it, it's kind of just finding that balance and just being an honest person. And that's what shadow work for my interpretation really is. So shadow work is a really good thing to do not only with yourself, but also as part of just this conscious, mindful awakening to the ways you really feel about something. Anything in your life, you're going to have these emotions. You're going to have your emotions and they're going to have like your shadow side emotions. And it's important to explore all of it, confronting any sort of rage or jealousy or feelings of vulnerability, inadequacy, insecurity. No, those aren't fun to feel those things. You want to hide it from yourself. You want to hide it from others. Um, but these are, this is all part of having a spiritual awakening, like saying things to yourself that are very honest and then understanding the helpful things that can come from that. Cause you know, when you just explore these patterns, you just know yourself better and then you can have a clearer way of, I guess, maneuvering your own self through life. Um, you know, in therapy, this is a thing that constantly comes up and that's why a lot of people don't, you know, people who are in therapy a long time and whatnot are probably more comfortable talking about these sides of themselves. So like I always say, Therapy's great. I've done it. You know, it's just one of those things that um, they might not call it shadow work, but you do a lot of that stuff there. The real ways you feel about things that you feel forced to hide from other people. You know what I, I think about when I was writing this up for today? I was thinking about the back room in a store. Like, you know, when you go, like if you go into a boutique and it's really like gorgeous, it's pretty boutique and you're, you're shopping around, but you really have to use the restroom and you're like, can I please use the restroom? And they're like, fine. And then, you know, you can tell they really don't want you to, but you go back there and it looks like awful. It's like boxes and it's dirty and the bathroom's gross. And that's like your shadow side. That's how I envision the shadow side. Like you need that back room in the boutique. It's where like a lot of stuff gets done. It's like where all the secrets are held. It's, it's, it's necessary for the boutique to run it all. It's just never gets the, you know, nice attention that the front part of the place uh, gets. So it's just kind of remembering, hey, there's a back room too. And that's your shadow side. And it's not always pretty, but we respect it and it's necessary. So I was just thinking um, that that's what it made me think of as a little metaphor for this. Okay. So how does a shadow side show up in our lives? Well, because everyone has a shadow self, there's just countless ways it can manifest in one's life. An example I often see is where somebody hates their job. So they feel like they can't quit because it would be, oh, that would be irresponsible. That would be lazy. That would be illogical to quit. I'll be a bad person. I'll be disrespectful of, you know, the people that got me here. I'm going to be not wise financially. This is not a response. I won't be responsible and all those things. Therefore, because they're not listening to their shadow side that's just over it there and um, they don't want to dive into the parts of themselves that feel really not happy being there, they're going to start, I see people starting to create situations subconsciously, which will produce a context where the people around them at their job are actually the ones who are irresponsible, lazy, or illogical. So you'll kind of flip the script a bit and they'll passively participate in their own self-sabotage at the job, create a narrative of like victimization. And when they finally get fired, they'll say, oh, it was everyone else's fault, not their own. See, I'm not all these things. Everybody else is all those things. But look, you finally got what you wanted. That's an example without realizing it, that somebody can reproduce this pattern over and over again. And honestly, it's better just to confront 
the fact that you don't like your work context, your career, you know, you don't like facing your own limitations or emotions or needs or anything like that, rather than constantly project a certain narrative on others and yourself too, all just to avoid the confrontation of the shadow self. And I hope that makes sense because I see a lot of us doing this in careers, in friend groups, in relationships, in our own health, because we don't want to confront certain parts of our shadow sides. We will make an environmental issue that eventually will get to where our shadow side wants to go, but without addressing the actual driven needs that have to be looked at to get there. So it's a way to kind of sidestep a lot of healing that could have been done. And because anything that comes to you in your life, and I see this all the time with spirit, any confrontation, any situation, anything that makes you not feel happy, it's a real chance to bring in the shadow side and be like, okay, what parts is this touching on me that I don't like? You know, where am I feeling insecure? Where am I feeling inadequate? Where am I feeling vulnerable? Let me travel down with that and see what this is really about and what wounds actually need to heal. That's what any negative experience in your life can bring you on a plus side. It can bring you an opportunity to jump into your shadow side and bring out a couple lessons. I'm not saying it's fun, but I am saying that it's helpful and it does reduce this cyclical pattern for the future. So with in terms of auras, when I look at the energy signature around everyone, the aura, there's always like rips or tears or imbalances in it usually, especially if you're going through something. And for me, these are just indications I see when someone is using a lot of their energy in order to suppress a shadow self. So when, when somebody's not doing this, their energy is more clear and abundant. And when they are doing it, it looks more strained because all this energy used, the many ways in we subconsciously alter our lives in order to avoid healing these wounds that we leave in the shadows can distract us from the real work we are meant to do here. When I do a reading, I look at these rips and tears in the aura and I follow them down into inner traumas and pains and whatever they lead to. And honestly, they're often bound there with a lot of programming and agreed in agreements which bind them down, chain them down, and and feel foundational to the people they're part of. So bringing a client down to see these traumas and see the pain and see how their shadow self uh, is contributing to it, it's life-altering. Like Because when you see something, when you're like, oh my God, I have been doing XYZ my whole life because I incorrectly believe this about myself or I'm trying to avoid this situation... It's freeing. And when you see it, it loses all of its power over you. And honestly, the highest reward I have in my practice or seeing all of you that are affected by any sort of podcast episode that might resonate with you or whatever, or in your interactions with one another, it's being able to witness people travel bravely into their shadow selves and just unchain themselves from their own subconscious limitations. Because again, your shadow parts aren't bad. They just feel bad. Because you were told they were bad from a very young age. But again, if you can bring yourself back to that picture in your head of two-year-old you that just has a feeling, has a thought, has a whatever, before it was labeled on you, it just is what it is. And it's okay. It's not bad. It's not good. It just is what it is. And feelings are okay. I, um, I had a reading this week with a client 
And it was really interesting because I saw, you know, she's red and purple, her aura. So she's red and purple. And red and purple people (laughs) tend to be, um, I mean, they tend to be very self-critical and honest with themselves. And she really was. She was very the type of person, like, if somebody said, like, hey, you know, you communicated this to me incorrectly or I don't feel comfortable with how you said this or that or whatever, she would be like, okay. And she would really look in herself, like, how to fix that. So she's the type of person that would take any sort of critique and really make it constructive for herself, which is great, right? That's great. But what happened was she was, and this is where a lot of you have to be careful because this is like down the line shadow work. So there's people that have no idea they have a shadow self. And then there's people that have actually, they understand that they're not perfect, but then other people can come in and manipulate it. So this is what happened to this client. So what happened was she was so, she was so, confused because like everybody in her life, like friends and relationships, et cetera, they all had horrible things to say about her like all the time. So what they were, and she would like listen and then alter her behavior and then like try to make them, okay, see, I fixed it for you. Like, are we good now? And the thing was interesting was, you know, she was just being manipulated by people who saw that she was actually really good at going into herself and fixing it for, for them. And they, you know, so I, and I looked at, cause this is the part in the reading where I'm like, can I have a picture of your parents? So I looked at her dad and I saw that dad was a huge, huge critic of her. I could tell from a very young age, this girl was constantly told how she was doing things incorrectly all the time from probably how to tie your shoes to how to write a paper to how to, you know, pay a bill to how to like everything. This is how you do it. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And the only way to get his love was to be like, okay, how do I do it? Okay. Let me fix myself. How do I do it now? Okay. Because the love was conditional. And if she didn't go in and fix it for him, she would feel unlovable. And this extended as parent relations do, to all relationships around her. So another thing I see with shadow work is you have to do it for the right reasons. When you go in and see the parts of yourself that are feeling inadequate or vulnerable or whatever, you have to do it for your own self-improvement, not because somebody else is telling you to. The motivation for you to go into your shadow self cannot be your significant others or your kids. It might be something that makes you, I guess, is the catalyst for you to do it. Like, hmm, maybe I should look into that. But the motivation really has to be for you. Because a lot of you listening, just because of who listens, and I know you, I know the type of people that listen to this, a lot of you who are listening have no problem going into yourselves and fixing. It's just you have to be careful what your motivations are because I know a lot of you get manipulated by tougher people in your lives who don't want to do that for themselves. So just a little nuance or a little, a little, I guess, spin I wanted to put on it for you all because the motivation has to be to fix yourself and for yourself and for your own purposes of getting closer to self and spirit, not for anybody else. So we're not going into our shadow selves to please anybody. We're, we're not going into our shadow selves to be a better anything except, you know, and we're not, and we're not going into our shadow selves to be more accepted or be more successful for other, in other people's eyes. We're going in for us 
It's your own love that brings you there. And I just want to put that out there and just remember that's your first motivation. Okay, that's my little extra thing for you guys. Okay, so what does this have to do with auras? Okay, so the way I see it, you know, because I always end up seeing everything in aura color. So each aura has balanced and unbalanced attributes. So there's like a shadow side of every aura color. And we've been through this. We just haven't like completely called it this, but I'm going to get like real nuanced here. The unbalanced characteristics are indicative of that subconscious shadow self ruling your life instead of your aware consciousness taking the lead. So for example, a purple aura person, we've talked about this a lot, when balanced is very creative and free-flowing and spontaneous and, and, you know, let's do it and fun and they find learning opportunities in all their contexts and they strive for new places to grow when they feel stagnant and fear doesn't even though it's there, you know, they know not to let it hold them back and change is, you know, is, is welcomed instead of made sure that it doesn't, you know, contained. So an unbalanced purple aura dealing with unhealed wounds in their shadow self will be toxic. They may focus on gossip. They may use self-destructive forces to feign change in their lives and feel generally stuck without feeling able to move freely on their own. So they'll just make drama and pretend that's change. So that's like a more shadow side ruled purple. But every one of us has a shadow side. So let's just go through all the colors. So red, for example, you know, a balanced red is a secure leader. It's somebody who uh, has ideas and feels like they have the power and capacity to go and roll with them. And they're in charge of their own bodies and their own lives. Um, But when their shadow side is kind of running the show, they can be very violent or angry or loud or abrasive or verbally not so nice, ragey. They can snap. Yellows. When a yellow is balanced, you know, they they understand that their curiosity is a gift, that they enjoy um, you know, kind of running their own systems. It's okay for them to work independently. If somebody wants to help out, fine, but they have to be the ones in charge. <laughs> Yellow people who are balanced love to learn. They love self-help. They love self-growth. They like to ask questions. They feel comfortable doing that. Yellows who ha- are leading with their shadow selves are more condescending. They have a hard time accepting other people's versions of reality than the one that they feel comfortable with controlling. They can be a little bit elite, a little above everything. They can have like a bit of an air of higher intelligence. They can be cold and they can be withholding. They can ignore people. So that's the yellow shadow side. Um, Green, greens, like a really balanced green. They love their visionaries. They enjoy projects. They're like, okay, let's go. Let's try this. Let's try that. They're out in nature. They are kind of like in their own world sometimes doing things that make them feel like they're learning a new challenge. So they like to challenge themselves. But greens who are leading with their shadow side can be very withholding. They can be robotic. They can, their love can feel conditional. They can be very emotionally shut down, stubborn. They can love bomb people, come on real strong and then just bye-bye, go away. They can want what they can't have. They can just distract from any sort of emotional deep diving. Um, Indigos. Indigos, you know, and this is just something I really wanted to bring up. 
in terms of like purples, indigos, blues, turquoises, I mean, yeah, they have shadow sides. Okay. Like just because somebody's like, if you've been listening to the podcast, sometimes like indigos seem like they're amazing. It's like, no, you know, like I'm indigo. I got a shadow side. Okay. So they like, nobody's, nobody's free of this. So indigos and a, a really balanced indigo is super happy in their own company. They know their own limitations. They know when it's time to kind of do their own healing away from people. They honor their time with people. They honor their time away from people. They just understand, they take responsibility for their own boundary issues. Um, but, uh, but a toxic, more shadow led indigo can really isolate like another person from others. They can latch on to one person and then that person's not allowed to like know anyone else or something. Um, they can be very jealous. They can play psychologist on the people in their lives. So by, by like, you know, kind of analyze them and, and they're good at it. So they can kind of reach in there, say nasty things that might not be untrue, but also weren't exactly solicited or warranted. And then like kind of step back um, instead of confronting real issues, blues, you know, a really balanced blue has, they feel needed and they pay it forward and they love to help others. Um, but blues who are leading with their shadow side can be victims. You know, they have that victim thing going on, victim blue. They can be a little bit sad all the time. They can always feel slighted. Sometimes they can have health issues and, and use them. But how do I say that? They can use health issues as some sort of manipulation tactic. And I hate saying that because it's something that is a real thing that people have, but kind of more shadow side blue things can, they can use it in a way that's manipulative. Um, what else? anything that you do hurts them terribly. So if you've ever had that kind of relationship with somebody where you're like, okay, I don't want to tell them how I feel because they're going to, at that exact moment, have a back spasm (laughs) happen. That's kind of like a shadow side blue symptom. Like they can just really like, oh, you're going to talk to me when my back is hurting right now. Turquoises. Um, A really balanced turquoise loves to energy heal is like really into uh, learning and reading and they're very social and they love to kind of combine just science with holistic stuff and teach people about it and whatnot. But a turquoise leading from their shadow side, they can be a bit of a copycat sometimes, take on other people's identities without acknowledging it. They can have a denial of reality, even though they know everyone's reality is their reality. Um, they will prefer their own and believe in it the most and and hold it in a higher regard. And they can be a little arrogant about it. Pinks. Pinks have a shadow side. A real balanced pink is like, oh, they're fun. You know, they kind of do their own thing. They like to make moments. They love to bring other people into their magic. They like to be playful and and they're very um, inclusive. But a pink leading from their shadow side can be selfish Inward, they can be kind of flaky, like flake out on things, no commitment to things, be very self-involved when they're leading from their shadow side. So what is the benefit of doing any of this and, and kind of naming these things that could be our issues, that could be naming things that show up in our lives that we might not want to confront all the time but exist? When you name something, it loses its power. It's hard to see these parts of ourselves that aren't pretty, that reflect deep insecurities, traumas, and vulnerabilities. 
But once one gets a taste of it, they can find it easier to keep digging, keep journeying within to do more of this work. And and then they're more able to help others do the same, you know, paying it forward to those who also crave the same knowledge. I personally used to convince myself I didn't want things. So this was a huge awakening for me with my own shadow self. So here's, and I, I'm sure... I've told this story before, but this was kind of like a big deal for me. I would tell myself I didn't want to do the things I really did want to do. My shadow self, the parts of me that felt inadequate or not cool or pretty or intelligent or wealthy as others really kept me down. So I would avoid places and people and situations which triggered that feeling of inadequacy. And actually, I realized that one day as I was just house hunting, I lived in an apartment, we were just like house hunting, and I felt like, I I, I felt all of a sudden this huge light went off in my head because it was just a passing thought that I actually caught because your shadow self is like a running commentary. It's just almost like you turn the volume down. So for some reason, one of the, one of the thoughts escaped and hit my conscious brain. And the thought was, Hey, you're not good enough to live here. And I was like, Whoa, where'd that, where'd that come from? (laughs) Like what the hell? Like what, where's that thought? I'm not good enough to live here. And we were looking at regular houses. Like we weren't looking at like, you know, Newport, Rhode Island mansions or something. It was just, I was like, Oh my God. And I realized like, Hey, wait a second. It clicked. It all made sense. Um, I was going to, cause I was really good at lying to myself, convincing myself. I didn't want things just so I wouldn't have to confront my shadow sides, feelings of like inadequacies and issues and this and that in order, in order to get them. So that was a huge wake up call for me. Um, and, and that wasn't fun because it's never fun to kind of like, I don't know, it wasn't fun for me to go into that part of myself that felt pathetic, <laughs> you know, like, ooh, because it's not like a good look. But now that I'm kind of used to understanding it, it's not to me anymore. It's actually like made me feel a lot stronger. And now because I know that those, that shadow part of me kind of lives there. I I know I know it. I recognize it. I named it. So then when it pops in, I'm like, get out of here. You know, I know you're not real. And it, it doesn't hold me back the way it used to. So what are some ways that you might be able to help understand your shadow self and heal it? You know, I always talk about the three-word journal. A lot of us just aren't comfortable with our emotional sensitivity. We're not com- we're not tuned in to our thoughts. Again, we're not our thoughts. We're the observer of our thoughts. Your thoughts can change. Your observer status is the most important. So sitting down three times a day and writing three words to how you feel is really important. It's just like, it's just an opener. And at first it's going to be really hard if you're not used to it, but then it'll get easier. And then you'll sit there and you'll be like, why do I feel this way? Wait a second. Why am I triggered by this email? What's this really about? And then your shadow self is there. As soon as you start asking yourself, like, why does my tummy hurt when I'm around this person? Hmm. Your shadow self is there and you'll discover it and you'll figure it out and you'll draw lines and connect the dots pretty quickly. Um, you know, feelings expand, meanings connect, and little parts of your shadow self will reveal themselves to you. Because I always wonder, like, and it's hard because I'm raising kids now. It's hard because you don't want them to be mean or nasty or have temper tantrums in the grocery store. But how do you, how do you tell them that in a way different than how we were told? 
you know, because I think a lot of the reasons why we shove our shadow selves away and they can become so toxic instead of just normal feelings, like they actually take a toxic little villain twist as they get hidden for so long. They're kind of like jaded little emotions that got upset, kind of like in, in the Disney movies, like, you know, how they do the villain versions and you're like, oh, that's why Cruella was upset. I get it. You know, poor Cruella. Well, Cruella could be like one of your one of your um, shadow emotions that just wasn't handled well and then festered and then got real angry. And so you're not toxic. It's just a little shadow part of yourself that needs to be healed and loved. And so I wonder like how we deal with two-year-old uh, you know, children and, and you say something like, instead of, you know, that's not appropriate or that's mean that you don't share or whatever, instead of labeling it, like, what do we say? So it's, I think a lot of it is just from the way you were spoken to that got that little connotation that it's like, it's bad and it's evil and you can't, you can't recognize it. You have to put it away. So maybe just even contemplating that. Contemplating that can help. Okay. So examples and signs that you're healing your shadow. So, for example, perhaps you read, (laughs) this probably happens to a lot of us, an irritating email from a coworker. And immediately you get this ping in the pit of your stomach. Maybe an older version of you would have reacted immediately. Maybe you would have replied quickly or you just would have been angry the rest of the day and taken it out on someone else without even realizing it or whatever. But after working on your shadow self, you're going to start doing this thing. It's kind of like this habit of mind where you stop for a second. You're like, ooh, that's that ping. What does that mean? Right there. When you stop and reflect about whatever that initial feeling is, that's amazing. That's, that's where it all happens. And then there might be some internal dialogue going on with yourself. You'll understand that feeling. Um, has to do with more than just her email towards you. It's, it deals with a feeling of insecurity. Maybe that insecurity ties into how you felt out of control and, and defenseless as a child. And then that need to defend yourself comes from a place when you were never believed. And then you understand, and you understand that that email has nothing to do with anything at all. It just, for whatever reason, triggered your shadow self. And and that person who sent it, their actual intention was never linked to you or that or anything. This was something that you created out of it. And that's your shadow self crying for help. Your shadow self is always that little two-year-old temper tantrum version of you that just needs to be looked in the eyes like and said, what is wrong? Use your words. Come here. That's all that little part in you needs to know. And when you get these little feelings, like when somebody says something to you or somebody cuts you off in traffic or, or I don't know, you get the bill in the mail or who knows what, and you get triggered, that triggered feeling isn't supposed to be like pushed away or distracted from. It's really that little two-year-old shadow self you, like, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. And so what do you do? You listen to it. That's what you do. And so you'll sit there and you'll get that little sign. And and when you have the mindfulness moment, that's a revelation that you have control now over how you react and how you use that reaction is a huge sign that you're healing your shadow self. So it's very necessary to stop and think and be mindful. And, and honestly, you'll notice the defensive and negative feelings in your body, and you'll link them to your shadow self triggers. And you'll be able to stop for a minute, ask yourself why this text bothered you for a friend, from a friend, or why somebody honking at you on the highway sets you off. And instead of reacting, you'll just stop, 
you'll sit in it. And the more you do this, the more you'll discover the beautiful parts of you that just need to be spoken to and loved and hugged and healed. I hope this helped. And I want to hear all about your shadow selves. We're going to make friends with them today. All right. So I'm back. Thanks for that. I needed a little break there. Oh. Um, you know, I will say if people are going to do this part of the spiritual journey, the, the shadow work, um, be, you know, it, it's, it seems like it's a tough thing to do. This it does is. not seem like an easy walk in the park thing to do. So just keep that in mind. It's and, hard. And, and like, that's why I was saying, like, you really need to do it with a safe place, safe person, be in a good state of mind. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it, it's when you first feel it, it's like, overwhelming it can be emotional it can make you angry it can make you upset it can make you feel really sad right. for a while and you need to sit with that all right um all right so we, we did want to turn it over to the mystic michaela spiritual family on facebook they always know best yes they always do and they gave us <laughs> a lot of a lot of feedback they, they're and, so vulnerable and amazing yeah so what'd you what'd you ask them i just asked them you know basically what's your biggest trigger in someone else what do you think it says about your own self and they just delivered? All right. So I'll, I'll start. We'll just okay. bounce a few of these off of each other here. All right. Marissa writes, when my daughter acts timid and is always the victim during conflicts with other kids. Okay. She is super sensitive and easily gets her feelings hurt. She cries a lot in school. I always thought these qualities about her upset me because they remind me of my mom who is always the victim in any situation, but maybe it's my shadow self. Sure, yeah. Like, and I talk about that on the Your Child's Aura episode because basically when you have children, you give birth to little triggers. <laughs> like what happens is if, because they just remind, e- either way, either they remind you of someone you have issues with and then you can feel how you used to feel around that person or they remind you of parts of yourself that are unhealed and it can remind you that you haven't yourself gained control of them. So as a, you know, it, when you're working with kids or you're a parent yourself or whatever. Yeah, sure. And that's like awesome. She can admit that. What's your, do you have a big trigger when it comes to Brie or Abby? Oh, uh, yeah. Like, cause Brie, uh, well, Abby is so sensitive and I mean, I've talked about this before yeah. and I, I'm sensitive. So when she asks for like real help on how to advocate for herself, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, we did this, I'm yeah. like, I don't know what to tell you. I, I, could you have any tips for me? Like, cause like, I just don't know. But I see she'll come home and, uh, well, you know what? Someone stole her dollar. Oh, the yeah. other day. Yeah, we, don't, yeah, we yeah. did this one. No, Go- we didn't talk about, no, yeah, we talked, not that when she came home and she oh. came home without her money. So if you listen to the podcast, you yeah. know that there okay. was like this whole, well, just ignore that for now. All you have to know is she went to school with money, came home and she said, someone stole her dollar. I won't say who it is. You're like naming little kids names, Scott. <laughs> not last names. <laughs> like you won't name your vendors, but she'll like call out first graders by name. <laughs> okay. Okay. Given the address. Hey, this kid stole my kid's dollar. <laughs> <laughs> she told me some kid stole her dollar and it just brought me back. Because that used to happen to me all the time. Wow. And she didn't know what to do. And I don't even know what to do. And I'll I guess, tell you what we're going to do. No, we just, <laughs> yeah, you're like, I'm going on this podcast and naming his name. <laughs> you know, so, yeah, it's a huge trigger. And it brought me back to, like, when that used to happen to me. And I was, like, really upset. Like, it, I, I took a mo- I started writing the teacher about a dollar. And then I stopped myself and was like, Megan. This is your shadow self. It's getting triggered. Take a minute. But I was about to write that. Yeah. Who does that? And I, 
That's true. And I do want to update that episode of the podcast because I actually, believe it or not, I had so many people reach out to me. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did actually. And ask me what happened with the ice cream. Oh, okay. So, you know, Abby wanted to get uh, an ice cream for her and her friend. So actually, it's a, it's kind of a letdown. There was yeah. no ice cream that day. There, they ran yeah, out of ice, ice cream. cream's a dollar. She didn't know right. if she should give it to the a boy because then everybody would say that she liked the boy. Right. And then you gave her, I didn't know what to tell her. And then, she, I, you know, you gave her the advice, just buy two ice creams for yourself. Well, she went and there was no ice cream. Anyways, to be had that day, and anyways, somebody stole her dollar. Right. So it who was, will not be named? Well, <laughs> I'm coming after you, kid. All right, my red's coming back. You know, I was blue for he, the he last hour. He just invited her to her uh, birthday party, so I think they're okay. All right, you'll just take an extra piece of cake. Call it a day. Call it even, Stephen. I'm gonna steal. I'll steal a goodie bag. <laughs> you steal an extra goodie bag, yeah. Scott. You get back at that little kid. That's right. I'll pop that water slide. <laughs> Put a pin right in it. I'm not blue anymore. I'm back to red. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Uh, oh, I have one. Okay. Sorry. I got like it. All right. Christy writes, success. In some situations, other people's success triggers a feeling of enormous failure in myself. It's definitely a huge flaw. Oh, Christy. That's so good that you can see. You know what? I just like want to slow clap for Christy. That's so good that she could like feel that in herself because I... You're not alone. You know, uh, sometimes when somebody, you know, whatever, gets pregnant, you wanted to get pregnant or gets married and you're not, you don't even have a date <laughs> for this weekend or like whatever. You're like, man, you, and you feel, don't feel, it's okay to feel triggered by someone's success or happy moments or whatever. That's okay. And it's really about something in you that maybe you don't think that you are going to get that or can get it or it's available to you or worthy of it or whatever. When it is, it's just, yeah. But that's a huge shadow self thing. I love that she admitted that. And yeah, that's, that's a tough lot, one to admit, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one to admit though because really a lot of people have that and that is vulnerable AF to admit that and I appreciate her admitting that. All right, I have Karen writes... Feeling unwanted in a situation. Mm. I was adopted and then felt like a burden in the family I grew up in. Mm-hmm. I never quite felt like I was wanted around by anyone. Then mm. I married a man who also treated me the same way. I felt so unwanted and unloved. I'm going through a divorce now and I have felt the biggest shift because I have discovered that I want me and I love myself and I'm working on oh. not feeling bad when others don't want me. Oh, I love that. So. Yeah. You know, uh, we don't do what's good for us. We do what's normal for us. I always say that. That's really just the shadow self. Yeah. The shadow self will like want you to feel comfortable living in kind of that shadowy parts of ourselves and, and attracting situations that make us feel that way. But that she could say, okay, and that's really where you have to go in, run in there, feel, okay, yeah, I do. I feel abandoned. I feel unwanted sometimes. That's how I feel. And coming to peace in terms with that, it's going to allow her to have more control in her life over things and she won't bend to other people just to feel wanted because it's not necessary anymore for her she wants herself and she's connected to self and spirit that's that's really powerful okay. i love that i love that one all right camille writes i'm triggered most by the disrespect of people that can't advocate for themselves specifically children also disrespect of groups that society deems lower status and lack of empathy for said groups also arrogance i can't stand when people place themselves above others especially while thinking that they won't also find themselves in times of hardship i have some relatively significant trauma from an abusive narcissistic parent when i was a child i have known since a young age that i meant to protect children from the pain and humiliation i was subjected to 
I think I might be an indigo, but I'm unconfirmed. Yeah. Um, I picked this one because it reminded me of you a little bit. Yeah. That, yeah. I was going to say that one. Yeah. That would be a little bit of a trigger for me too. Sure. And, yeah. and here's my, I don't know. I don't know. I'll just say it. Maybe the things we go through and the things we're triggered by and the reason, you know, maybe we needed that for some reason to be advocates for others, you know, like with Camille, like she's going to advocate for children because of the awful things she went through. So many others will be helped. So sometimes our triggers can be used as amazing tools once we understand what they are and we can be like, no, I'm not, because I understand it, I'm not going to let anybody else go through it. And just like you, like, because you went through something, you know, you weren't heard and you never felt heard. Maybe you needed to hear this person, you know, that single mom story about why she did what she did. So it's kind of like, if you think of it that way, it's not always awful. Sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to use this awful thing that happened to me to help a lot more people. And maybe that's good. All right. I like that, Camille. Thank you for sharing that. All right. Here's one from Natasha. This one's interesting to me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what. My biggest trigger is people that don't follow through. Mm. The, the quote, all words, no action comes to mind. Interestingly enough, I used to be extremely flaky, but I've done a lot of work on myself to be reliable and dependent. Mm. So I like it because she was maybe at one point that person that was all words and no action. Then she does all this work to become not to do that, to do the opposite. So those people trigger her. Yeah. Is that, so it was like, that, I, I kind of, I mean, this doesn't trigger me. But yeah, no, I totally get that. Like it's when you, (laughs) I think, and that's one of the shadow work things. If somebody triggers you, it might, you might want to ask, what do I have in common with that person a little bit? Right. Um, That's one of the ways you can kind of look at situations like that. And the other thing is once you do the work on yourself, you have sometimes a very, one, one of two things happens. You have (laughs) less tolerance for people who haven't done that. And, and, or you aren't as affected by people who haven't done the work anymore or drawn into them or have a need to be around them anymore. So yeah, it's kind of when you do the work on yourself, it's harder to be around people that haven't because you see them so clearly. And, and it also can remind you of parts of yourself that you don't want to revisit. Yeah. Hmm. All right. You have any more? No, or? that's what I had. All right. I got one more. Okay. You know, we have to end it, of course, of on, course. A, on a little <laughs> giddy note, you know, been through a lot this episode. I've had a whole thing had go a whole on in my breakthrough. head. All right. Erica writes, when I hear the word Jumanji, <laughs> so triggering, I still don't understand why I start taking my clothes off when I hear it. Anyone? Did you make this up? This, I did not make Who this up. That? I can show you the screenshot. Okay. This is from uh, Erica's. Uh, spelled A I R I C A. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I okay. Let me. I could do this one. Yeah. Okay. I think what has happened now is kind of like Pavlov's dog. Mm. So you know, when you're listening to the podcast and you want to play with you know significant other, fine. You know, it's great. Or by yourself. Or by yourself. Right. Sure. Whatever you need to do. And then what happens is you go out in public, right? And then you're just like having lunch, and then like someone's like, "Hey, did you see that movie Jumanji?" Or you know, they say something, and then all of a sudden it's like oh, you just all of a sudden you take something off. You take something off. Yeah, you take you take a sock off, whatever. Yeah. You got dressed in layers these days, right? You got dressed in layers, <laughs> and then you know, like the person might look at you and like think you're a little strange, but then maybe if the word comes up like two or three more times in the mm-hmm. conversation, mm-hmm. and you're like down to your like underwear or something, they're gonna be like, yeah. "What are you doing?" Yeah. 
And yeah, it's it's triggering. Yeah, I deep, understand it. Yeah, shadow deep. the shadow work could definitely help with the that. The shadow work can help with your Jumanji tendencies. Yes, I think it can. So <laughs> thank you for that one. I appreciate it. That ended us on a on a laugh on a little bit of an emotional episode. Thank you so much. You know this podcast is for you and about you. I appreciate you all. Thanks for spending a little time together today. If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 